0: Welcome to True and Unpolished, the podcast, a cusp culture production. Through this podcast, our intention is to uplift, inspire, and amuse. Let's get
1: authentic. Well, hello there, everybody. This is Lydia and Mary with True and Unpolished, the podcast. And today, we do not have a Mary's Peep. But what we do have is Mary and I, we each picked an episode uh, that we have done and kind of picked one that we felt like we had an aha moment about or maybe we had something we wanted to add to it. So we are going to share right now. Mary is going to start us out. So Mary, which episode stood out to you and what do you want to talk about with it?
0: Well, the episode that, really stood out to me is the one on healing through art with Jim Dukes and of course for me this is you know this is really what I'm passionate about because I'm an art therapist and so that's why I wanted to talk about that episode But, um, but what really stood out is one of the things that Jim said was about being vulnerable and so what he did was he made a choice that really i think is is a choice that we all can make at some point in our life um and it's the hard choice and it is um staring fear in the face yeah and doing the thing that we're afraid of anyway and being willing to be vulnerable to do that and and Jim's story is a great example of that. And, um, and I, I was like, I, when I was listening, revisiting, listening to the episode, what I was trying to do was, because I have, my program is called Create More. And it's a foundational program for the courses that I'm developing. And MORE is an acronym. And so MORE is Motivation to Break the Rules
1: love
0: it, owning your ability to create the life you want. And that's what that vulnerability piece is about It's being willing to own it. Yeah. Um, I can, I can step into my light and what I'm here to do my purpose, or I can stay small. Right. And that's something that I literally struggle with every single day. Yeah. Um, is owning my ability and knowing that I ha- I have the choice to create more of the life that I want for myself yeah but sure. so the third is radically accepting life on life's terms or life as it is yeah and finally it's engaging in the present which I because of the acronym it comes last but yeah. really um you know mindfulness maybe should be first but but whatever that's the acronym I came up with
1: right and it doesn't so, have to be in order it's just the acronym it's to remind us that those are kind of the keys
0: right and I mean I think this works because um mindfulness or engaging in the present is a journey anyway so it's not always first yeah anyway right
1: right so
0: So, um, I I think the big thing about that episode and really the power of using art for healing and it does, I'm a visual artist and that's really what I focus on and what I teach, but it doesn't have to be visual art. It could be music. It could be dance. It could be, you know, writing any form of art. But what Jim did is he said yes to healing And the other beautiful part about his story was how life has responded for him. Yeah, And, uh, you know, we talked about how just these amazing opportunities, like he's now the director of this really cool art center in Charlotte, North Carolina. So all these great opportunities seemingly just fall in his lap. Right. And it's because he's willing to say yes, and he's willing to be vulnerable and, and and just let life lead him. Yeah.
1: And it all started with him taking pictures. He's like, okay, I have a phone. I can take pictures, you know, and right. expressing himself through that, which to me is just amazing. Like I am not, you know, I, I am now because of you and because of knowing you. Uh, and what you've taught me, yeah. but I am just not a person that thinks, okay, you know, I, I have, I'm experiencing pain. What do I do? Well, what I do is, you know, meditate or go to a book or go to a podcast or, you know, that sort of thing. And what I love right. is that gym is a reminder that there is, you know, you can open up your journal and start drawing a mandala. Like you can just start you know, getting it out there and it's a way of expression. It's taking it out of your head, you know, out of your body and getting it out, you know? Um, So I thought that was really powerful and it spoke to me. And I think that, you know, the average Joes, us average Joes who don't necessarily consider ourselves artists, we don't, it doesn't occur to us that art can be an avenue for healing and uh it's it's really it was really cool for me like that is what stood out for me in that episode for sure
0: yeah well i you know there's a lot of cultures like african cultures they don't understand therapy like what what are you sitting in a room talking Mm -hmm. about your problems you know the way that they do it is through the arts very often and community so dancing and, you know, ritual kinds of art related yeah. things is how they heal, you know, and it's, uh, and that's what animals do, you know, like um, through the like shaking it, shaking it off, right. like water off a duck's back or whatever that saying is. Yeah,
1: that's the saying.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I, it's to me as, as somebody who has done this work is, you know, when we experience a trauma, for instance, the information is stored. I think I've talked about this before, but you know, we're we're experiencing the trauma through our senses. We see it, we smell it, we taste it, we touch it, we hear it. Mm-hmm. We don't experience words. Uh, you know, yeah, that, right. that could be a part of it. What we're hearing or whatever, but it's it's not like we're in our mind. We have words. Um, we're we're experiencing it, our our life and trauma, kinesthetically. Right. So, the senses.
1: Sure.
0: Right. So that information gets stored, kinest, you know, in our in our in our brain, and so to be able to find words to explain what happened or explain why I'm having these problems as a result of the trauma or painful experience really kind of doesn't make sense, but being able to access the, the, um, sensory aspects of our experience draws from another place and makes it a little easier sometimes to express if we're willing to be vulnerable, you know, Mm -hmm. because we're not a trained artist or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting because the episode that I'm going to talk about, they. It, 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 can i start talking about mine because it actually fits yeah. in really well Um so the one that i was going to talk about is with susan yelverton uh and the title is love thyself and i guess we should have done a disclaimer like you guys if you haven't listened to these episodes well i, th- I think you can listen to this one first but um uh, susan came on and talked about self-compassion and self-love and i am um, reading someone gifted me a book, um, from Sarah Blondin and she has a ton of meditations on insight timer. Like really, she's just a very heart centered human being. Right. Uh, and she, and this, I, mean, I wasn't planning on talking about this, but it goes along with what you were saying. She said that she got a letter from, you know, someone that, you know, follows her and does her meditations and it was a woman who lived in this very very small community that you know Mm -hmm. only had like 150 people in the community and in a month's time like 25 people died and so what happened Mm -hmm. is this woman and a group of like four other people got together and created a dance to like express the pain that this you know, little town had experienced. And so she described how everybody came, they did this dance. And then what happened was a bunch of crying and hugging. And, you know, even sometimes laughter, it was just, uh, you know, an avenue for it. And I thought that that was really beautiful. And it fits in with exactly what you were talking about. That's why I blooded. Well, that's funny
0: because I have a peep.
1: You have a peep? You
0: have a dance Of course you do. Yeah, I (laughs) kind of dance. And she does thing, which is something I'm curious about. But anyway, that's for another day. Awesome. I'll have to contact her. It's Anne-Marie Cockrell. Awesome. Awesome. So
1: another peep. Another peep is yet to come. So back to Susan's episode on self-compassion. She talked about how um, she, you know, kind of wished that she could go back, like, 15 years and just be like she as she called it a, a self-compassion fairy and just sprinkle like self-compassion all over her journey Aww. mindfulness journey because she yeah, that's such
0: a cool visual she's I know so, it stood out to me so good at that so. yeah
1: yeah yeah I mean she and she had an amazing quote too um that maybe I'll mention in a second but y'all listen to the episode because it's awesome um,
0: well, I want to hear the quote
1: Well, I wrote it down, I think. So she said, because, you know, her background was theater and my background is theater. So I really related to that. You know, I relate to it in a lot of different ways. And she said that in theater, she got the opportunity. It was a safe space in which you could try on being other people. And mindfulness is a place where you try on being yourself. Uh, And mindfulness, you know, it's it's... As soon as we begin to really, you know, embrace mindfulness, what happens is we become aware of our thoughts and we go, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe I think that thought, you know, and then right after we start judging ourselves. In my experience, right at the beginning of mindfulness, I was probably the most unkind to myself because of the thoughts that were in there. I was judging myself for thoughts, which is ridiculous because thoughts occur until they uh-huh. don't. Um, and so she was talking about self-compassion and I'm reading this book um, by Sarah Blondin. Um, and in this book, she is talking about um, this idea of really, you know, opening your heart. Like to her, it is, she says in one of her meditations, change nothing about your experience, except for the amount of love that you give yourself, like change, nothing, Mm -hmm. change, nothing. And that goes back to your acronym, you know, accepting life on life's terms and the recognition. And I just, it spoke to me so much because I'm going through this layer of healing, this new layer um, that I invited at the beginning of the year to to go away. And what that has done is it has left me vulnerable and exposed. And what hit me when you were talking, Mary, is that I recognize, I think I've always understood that there were layers of healing. I did not understand there were layers of vulnerability, like, and I recognize that I'm at a new layer of vulnerability Um, because last year I would have told you, I'm really vulnerable. And now what I recognize is, I, I was definitely compared to, you know, two years before, but right. you know, this is like, not a new, compared to today, definitely not. And so oh. I'm experiencing this new level of vulnerability and what, and, and healing. And so what's happened is I've exposed this kind of grief, this trauma that's been trapped in there and I recognize that my biggest job right now is to change nothing about my experience, except for the amount of love I give myself. And so my practices now, my rituals now every day are hand over heart. I love you. I mean, I'm just, I'm giving myself self-compassion all over the place, like total grace, total self-compassion. Uh, and so I was really grateful for her episode. And it was very timely because I would, didn't know it, but I was on the cusp of really needing that reminder. Uh, right. And that's how the universe works. I mean, the universe.
0: Well, what's the does.
1: name of that book? Um, I knew you were going to say that.
0: Heart, oh, sorry.
1: And the Heart-Minded, Heart-Minded. I think it is called Heart-Minded. Sarah Blondin, she's on Insight Timer. She's got a ton of meditations. Her meditations are beautiful. Like one of them I did... Uh, last night and it was it's essentially like you put your hand over your heart you put your hand on your forehead and it's in your your heart tells your mind thank you thank you for trying to keep me safe thank you for the job you've done protecting me and now it's my turn I don't need you to protect me anymore I'm ready for my heart my heart is Ready and willing and able to guide me through this moment. So take a rest. Thank you for all you've done. You know, it's essentially this recognition that all of those coping strategies that we formed, you know, initially when we experienced fear uh, at the beginning of our lives, those coping strategies, um, you know, they served us for a time. And now I don't need them anymore. You know, now I am a 40 year old woman and it is time to allow those strategies to go away and mine, my strategies live in my mind. Like I retreated to my mind. And so I am really, um, working on, you know, allowing my heart, um, to do the thinking and my heart to do the guiding. And it's really difficult because it, It's very raw, you know, I've, I've explained that like, literally I have a tissue box in every single room because at any moment I could just start to cry. And that is completely opposite of me. Uh, Mary, you you can attest to this. That is not me. I have not been a crier. Uh, And so I even said to my son, uh, we had a, you know, we sat down for dinner as a family last night and I wanted to, I knew that even if they didn't see me, you know, be emotional, um, they could feel something energetically and I am, and I am willing for them to see me be emotional, but there's a difference between them seeing me emotional and them seeing me raw. And right. so I, so I'm trying to find that balance, but I really wanted to just validate their experience that they could probably feel that energetically something's going on with me. And so I just said, you know, to them, I said, you know, I want you to know, cause we do a thing that we, uh, learn, well, we, it's an adaptation, but, um, we adapted it from a, a practice since reading Abby Wambach's book, um, Wolfpack, mm-hmm. which everybody read it with your child, read it with your child, read it with your child. Um, so, um, Oh, I'd love to do an episode just on that. Um, but so, uh, one of the things we do is we say, you know, something that we're grateful for. And we also do a shout out, which is something that somebody else did. That was really cool. You know, it's mm-hmm. a way of like honoring ourselves and calling out the goodness in other people. And so I use that moment to say, you know, mom has remembered, um, you know, some things that, you know, about the time when she was small for the first time she's remembering them. And some of them are sad. And so I am, I have found these people, that was my shout out. I found these people who are helping me to, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, when you fall and you get hurt and mom gives you a hug and says, I'm so sorry that happens. Like I've found people that are helping me to do that. So I used, you know, that sentence. Um, So all of that to say that I recognize that vulnerability, just like healing has layers and it is such a brave thing to do. When you decide to really, you know, show up in your life and be vulnerable and expose your heart. And I mean, be willing to cry in front of other people. To me, that is like a huge deal, like being able to just cry uh, and allow myself to do that. Uh, So I
0: think that is the big deal. I mean, I'm more heart centered and emotional, but it's a big deal for me too. I think for most people. Like,
1: do you have a voice in your head? Because this is true for me. Do you have a voice in your head when you start to cry? If there are other people around, or even if there's not a voice in your head that immediately says, stop, 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 stop.
0: No, but I, I don't think so, but I, but I will tell you, like when I was in middle school, middle school and, but middle school was the worst I, in elementary school, but I, I, every time somebody breathed the wrong way, I was crying
1: yeah, you know, that's how I feel right now.
0: Yeah. So, I but in in during that time, I it was so embarrassing because I will be at school, you know, during lunch or whatever, and I would just start crying. Yes, um, and it happened all the time. And I at some I think at some point I I stopped that. Yeah. Maybe you yeah. got it
1: out. Maybe it was
0: that it now? I think uh, I mean, it was a. Uh, probably a defense mechanism Uh, over. And, you know, it was when I went through my divorce and you actually told me, you know, if you're in the grocery store and it comes out, just let it out.
1: Oh, no, I'm really good at telling other people to do it.
0: I know, (laughs) but, but it was a good advice and good for you to practice now too. So, so I did that, you know, if it came out, then I just let it come. And so that was kind of a healing moment in my life from, from the earlier phase where I just learned to repress it. And because it wasn't, it, it didn't feel safe. And it, um,
1: right. Right.
0: And, you know, you learn that it's not always appropriate to express your emotions. Right. So I, you know, I've I've learned how to kind of balance it and let it come out and let it go some of the times. But one of the things that I wanted to kind of bring up is, I think we haven't said it in these terms, but I know what you're talking about and what I've experienced myself mm-hmm. um, is life is hard. And I think that is what why we're talking about this stuff right you know life is hard life is hard yeah and so I mean that's one of the things that I kind of wrote down with um when I listened to the episode with Jim because what um what stood out was the vulnerability piece and him being willing to do it anyway to Mm -hmm. show up anyway and with Susan to be kind to herself anyway right and so that's what this to me that's what this podcast is about is how do i how do i tolerate life and and not just tolerate but to live it more fully to create more is my is my thing um that, yeah. that i do but how do i do that in a way that honors my essence honors who i am and how do i how do we help others do it too
1: I agree and I also think that um. so life is hard and one of the things that I am learning is that life is hard but my heart is easy and I can drop into my heart in any moment and find peace and equilibrium and it's the it's the cultivating of that practice the cultivating of that that ultimately gets us to a place where we don't experience life as hard anymore. Like, I think that you can attest, certainly I can, life is easier, much easier than it was 20 years ago, much easier than it was 10 years ago. Life has gotten easier and easier, but there are moments in which a new level of healing is happening. And in those moments, those are hard, but on the other side, is the payoff on the other side is deeper joy um right. more of yourself uh and so the recognition is um you know for me what i want people to hear is if you're in a hard moment it's on purpose and the, on the other side of it you are promised joy if you can show up you know and create more right if you show right. up in that way you you will get to a place where life is easy and you're in the flow again. And that's the journey. The journey is one of growth. And then you'll go through a period and then it'll be another time of healing. And you'll think, oh my gosh. And I can't believe it because I thought I thought I'd already healed. And I tell people all the time, I recognize that this is a journey and that it you know happens in layers, but it's still surprising when you get to another layer and you get to a hard moment, it's still surprises the heck out of me and I'm like really I thought yeah. I'd done this you know and and the truth is you had and you'd done it to the level that was perfect for then and now right. you've grown and now you're ready for the next level of healing the next level of bliss because that's what's on the other side
0: yes and I, I mean I completely agree with what you're saying and I what, you know when I was saying life is hard, I'm really <laughs> glad that you were like, yes. And, and <laughs> there's also this. Um, yeah. and I, you know, I think, um, one of the things that happened with me and I, I'm, I think this happened with you too. And even though we, you and I have been on a journey, you know, parallel journey and sure. done a lot of work. Together, relying on each other. One of the things that I think is important to kind of mention is, at some point, I had to do it alone, and you did too. Yeah, and and that's true for all of us. We can't, you know, we're born, you know, even if you're a twin or something, you're born alone. Yeah, come out of the womb by yourself and die the same way. Right, right. So, I mean, that's an that's a part of existentialism, and so uh, what I think is important is that yes, we have to do it alone. Sometimes there's pieces that we have to go through alone, but also recognizing that there's support out there, and maybe like me. I mean, this is what happened to me. A lot of my support system from seven years ago is gone, right? And there were- People that came in and offered new support for that seven year journey. But then a lot of that, those people fell away too. And, um, and that's painful when those relationships kind of fall away, things kind of end, but recognizing that um, that is part of the process sometimes for some people Mm -hmm. and new, um, new, new people will show up when, when the time is right
1: right because the the universe is supporting you and that's exactly what susan said remember when she said you know the first thing you do is you acknowledge this is a moment of struggle and i am not alone because the reality is everybody experiences struggle do you experience my struggle no but pain equals pain equals pain your pain hurts The same way my pain hurts. And so you can get to a place where even in your kind of loneliest moment, in your Mm -hmm. moment of struggle, you can recognize that you are not alone in your struggle. There are countless people that are going through struggle. I mean, most of us are a lot of the time. I mean, at least at moments. And so I am so thankful Um, I'm going to take this minute to thank Susan Yelverton and Jim Dukes and just say thank you both so much for your message that you brought. I am so grateful for all of the peeps that have been joining us and, um, Mary, you've got some great peeps. You even thought of another one. So we're going to, I know. Well,
0: speaking of peeps, I just want to mention the create more peace group on Facebook So this is a group for you to connect with people who are, um, on, on this journey of, you know, using art perhaps as healing. Maybe that is something you want to learn more about, but it's not just about the art. It's about creating more of the life you were born to live, creating more peace, creating more joy. So please join us in that group and, um, connect with us so that you do have the support that you're looking for.
1: Yeah, Mary and I are on that group. So I'm on there all the time posting stuff that I do. And so you can connect with us very easily by joining that free Facebook group. So thank you all for listening. It has been a beautiful day as always. You have been listening to True and Unpolished, the podcast. Let's see what happens next.